Yeah, that's the sound. Fuck, I fucked it up. What'd you fuck up? <laughs> it didn't it didn't pop the tab in the top. It just like you broke the seal. Piece of shit. I can't do anything right. No, you can't. No. You're not good for anything around here. And I was about to pour the the mixer without the the booze. It's going to be a long fucking night, dude. It's going to be a long night. You're not even drunk yet. No, I'm not. I'm so low on alcohol right now. I've got to like pace myself here. Oh Jesus! I have two beers and that much vodka. So <laughs> before we dip into the tequila, which that's is how just much vodka I had news. last night. Then I had two white Russians. I mean, worst comes to worst, I'll start doing tequila shots, and then this show will get real fucking interesting real quick. Oh yeah, I want that episode. <laughs> I want the episode where we both start. <clears throat> By uh, taking four shots of whiskey. I would love to see you do four shots of whiskey, Graham. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, two upsets my stomach. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd do it. I'd have no problem with that. Wouldn't be my first rodeo. <laughs> but I know you. And I would That's still fair. love to see that game. <laughs> That's a very fair point. That's a very I'm, fair point. I'm here for this. <laughs> Sign <laughs> me the fuck up. <laughs> Who do I have to blow to get that happen? Uh, oh, you know what? I was just thinking about it. About Wait, uh, like I, you know, we were we were discussing before before um, we we got on about what's going on with my with my camera. I'm a little pushed in today. I was thinking about it, and I was trying to optimize my camera's settings for uh, being a webcam. And so I did. I did take it. I forgot that I did that. I did take it off, and I was adjusting some settings. So that's probably what the fuck is going on right now. And I'm gonna have to fix that. Uh. We just spent like five minutes. We're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I you're forgot just, like, that I did drunk. that. I forgot that I did that. You know? I swear to God. This shit happens, man. No, it's... Uh, it's mm, never mind. This shit happens, man. I'm just... I'm just saying. This shit happens. Uh, I'm gonna need more booze. Where's that tequila? You're gonna definitely need more booze. Um, Is the tequila but, turned? Let's see if it's turned yet. Yeah. Nope, that's still tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a good pull. That was all right. So how you been, Graham? I heard you finished up classes. Uh, I'm 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 done with classes. I have one final essay uh, that's due at midnight tonight. I'm done with it. <laughs> I just need to I just need to cite my sources and, and send it off. So this seems like a great use of your time. Then <laughs> uh, I, this is a this is a way of like winding down after having finished the essay and like you know mm-hmm. chilling. Relaxing, mm-hmm. going going back, rereading it finally, and saying, "Okay, this is good." Putting in my two sources, sharing it as a PDF, and putting it up on my thing. Then fucking off. I've I have done. Now let's hope you don't forget I to do say, that too. I want to say I want to say something. I, this semester of school has been tremendously rewarding to me. Um, I have never gotten this much. Uh, uh, positive feedback all at once for such diverse topics. So in my photo essay class, I was, I ended up doing the most kind of weird and out there unique project. And that made my uh, uh, instructor very excited about it. And she was probably more excited about my project than uh, other people. I, just like gauging the room, she was way more excited about uh, in my class uh, my project than other people's. So that was very like uh, 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 rewarding. And then I I was anonymously voted the best script in my uh, playwriting creative writing class. And that's pretty dope. Yeah, I felt it felt very you know <laughs> like holy shit. The last uh, thing you need is more of an ego, but yeah, know. I know, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> But you know, when days where you st- where that ego starts to really dwindle, it's good to have that boost. That is, that's true. That's good, man. Good on you. Yeah. So that's that. That felt really good. And then in my indigenous film class, the final project has been kind of a we're we're curating a film festival, and we wanted and we chose a theme, and then we all pitched in a movie uh, that we wanted to uh, uh, show at the festival that would contribute to the theme, and. Uh, from the, that list of movies, there's probably 15 people in the class. From that, those 15 movies, we chose about seven. 
six or seven. And mine was the second highest voted film. Uh, so that felt very, you know, <laughs> that felt very good. And like, gratifying. Very gratifying of just, I, 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 for the first time I've made, I made good choices in all my classes versus the one I was most interested in. Uh, so yeah, this, this semester has been probably one of the most rewarding, uh, uh, semesters of school that I've ever had. And it's a good feeling. Now I know what those overachievers in high school felt like. <laughs> Bunch of assholes they were. Bunch of assholes. Fuck those guys. <laughs> I know how I felt when I was at film school. <laughs> yes. Now exa- I do know exactly what you felt like, you fucking Bunch asshole. Bunch of asshole, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that's how I felt at film school, just elated on all fronts, because everything was just fascinating to me, and everything was good, and, you know, came up, came up, Corey. <laughs> but you know, because I fucking made it come up, Corey. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You made it come up, Graham. Yeah, this semester. We'll see what happens next semester. Yeah, next semester. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Oh. <laughs> I'm taking. F- I took four classes this semester. I'm taking five next semester. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wee, gone, wee, wee, folks. Wee, wee. And he died. Uh, vamp, while I, while I finish rolling this joint. Roll that joint. Uh, speaking of film school, I will do a big shameless plug and say I just came back from New Jersey where the short film that I produced, written and directed by Nelda, Production managed by yourself and a host of other VFS FP one eight nine good folks. I feel like it's cast. actually a crime in the context of that film to put me and Nelda right next to each other because the, the in terms of what I did for that film versus what she did for that film is like it's because you're right in fucking front of me. Like other than that, you're barely a cliff note on the credits. Don't get a fucking ego on this one. The way you should have phrased it was, oh, and you happened to be involved. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> regardless, Hermana screened at the Smod Castle Film Festival, which is out in New Jersey. It's Kevin's first film festival in his hometown. And so I flew out there with my lovely girlfriend, Hannah, and I got to say that was such a fun trip. Red Bank is such a quaint, cute, fun little town. Just gorgeous. Just mm. so much fun. Like the houses were amazing looking. Downtown was just super chill and relaxed. The Broad Street, which is where the st- Chainsaw Bob Secret Stash is on. Speaking of stashes, oh, that's a good looking joint. Uh, the stash is just a nice, like, main street where we could park and walk up and down and not be worried about anything. We got some really good local brews and beers. Just what a nice place. And then, fucking. What a nice place. It was, man. Like, it should be Red Bank, New Jersey. What a nice place. Like, that should be on their fucking sign. Uh, Atlantic Highlands, we only got to see a little <clears throat> bit of it, but it definitely seemed like the the, the little lower brother of Red, uh, Red Bank, but still was quite nice. Quick Stop. Went to the Quick Stop, did the of pilgrimage. Course. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I wasn't the only one. There was, you know, a bunch of people fan of geeking course. out. Of course. I feel like there's always at least one Kevin Smith at the Quick Stop at any given moment. Yeah. Well, he has he still owns the the property uh, on the opposite end of the building. So there's quick stop on one end and then, you know, there was like an apartment and then there was what what used to be RST and then there's another store and then there's the other end and Kevin owns that other end. And that was the original Smod Castle studio for his, his film perusing needs, his little private theater. Uh, and he still owns that and was doing like panels there. So he was there. I didn't get to see him, but he was there. Uh, but there was a bunch of people there to watch a panel with him. And I went into the quick stop. I got a coffee and a sticker. So I feel special. Feels appropriate. You didn't I get a pack an- of cigarettes? No, but I got a sticker. It felt better. If you had, if you had, um, if you had sent the pack of cigarettes to me, I felt like, like that, that could have actually like completed uh, my journey of quick stop. I don't need to go, but if I had a, a pack of cigarettes from quick stop, I'd feel like complete. I don't know why. I'm not going to be subservient to your nicotine needs. You you smoked for a while. I didn't and you say that like I was. Shit. I didn't say so I was going to smoke gonna, it. I didn't say I was yeah, going to smoke it. I don't care. You would though. I know you. No, I wouldn't. You, you know would. how I get when I smoke uh, nicotine now because of how much weed I smoke. Doesn't yeah, mix so well for me. You I will know. not. 
play into that. that. So it was good. And then Armada screened. Um, the theater, the entire theater loved it. Granted, it was four people, including myself. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's the saddest thing you've ever said. And Hannah was the other one. Uh, but there was two other dudes from Rochester, New York. Why didn't you just say the whole theater loved it and leave it at that? Because I Why thought it'd be a funny but it. No, the you made that so sad. <laughs> I'm being honest. If I'm editing this, I'm cutting that out and making it sound like it was a tremendous that's success. Fair. Well, the entire theater loved it. And including we've got to meet. So there was three movies in a row. There was one that was called the, uh, a true spaghetti Western or something like that. It was uh, it was a high school project. Some kids did in high school. It was pretty funny. It was, it was a traditional Western, you know, outlaw kills the brother. So the other brother goes after him. But all the characters are named after like spaghetti and pastas and stuff. So it's like right. Tony Penne and Rigatoni and Angel Hair all going at the standoff. And, you know, they use like pasta for blood, uh, blood effect and stuff. It was pretty cute. Five yeah. minutes short. Uh, Hermanus played. And then after that, they had a feature length film called Bottom Feeders. And you could tell this was like truly inspired by Clerks, very much in that same vein of just two guys who right. need to either shit or get off the pot. Right. But it was pretty fucking funny. Like we, Hannah and I were laughing out loud several times and we got to meet the producer and the editor and they were just hysterical guys and the movie was hysterical. I've got their card and I'm going to send it to you so you can look this up on Amazon and watch it. It is, it is pretty, I think you'll get some good laughs out of it. It's oh, yeah. in the same... It's about the same quality as, uh, remember Joel's movies, uh, like yeah. High School Shooting, the musical or something? I actually really liked that movie. Uh, apparently I was uh, maybe the only one in the class. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I thought it was super meta and weird. Yeah. And I thought the subject matter was a little like, hmm, not exactly the best subject matter, but I do no. appreciate how meta Joel got with it. But it's in the same, like, you could, they were in the same vein of, like, production value and quality. And right. it was solid. It was very well done. So... Um, really good time. So there's my shameless plug. Hermanus Smod Castle Film Festival got the shirt, so I'm excited. Yeah. I stopped with the stash too. I got a shirt there. I also met Mike Zapsik's brother, who's a photographer. Really? So for those who've watched Comic Book Men, Mike Zapsik's one of the guys who works at the comic book store, and he's like the resident expert on comics there. And his brother Tom was a photographer doing pictures on like the in front of like the backdrop red carpet area. Super nice dude. So, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Really good time. So. And, uh, you know, since we've given so much, so much attention, I mean, God, 13 minutes. <laughs> no, like five, so, so much time to, to Indian student films. I think that we should give an equal. And perhaps more substantially uh, substantiated amount of time to uh, big budget film trailers. That was probably your worst transition yet. You, how dare you? I thought that that, that was, was that was amazing. That's because you're smoking <laughs> weed. That was pretty god awful. <laughs> but you do create to bring up a good point. This past week. Beyond my small movie bullshit, behind your semester of awesomeness, this past week we had some pretty big trailers drop getting ready for 2023. And considering we talked about Mario last week at nauseum, I'm pretty yeah. sure I got nauseous on that one. Uh, we could, I, I, I say we keep the trend going. Let's talk about some of these big budget trailers that, uh, that dropped. Uh, let me start with the worst thing, because I feel like there's a lot of traction here of just bashing the fuck out of it. Transformers. <laughs> I oh have a lot God. to say about this. Um, oh, God. First off, first off, they fucked up. They fucked up the trailer. Um, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but they fucked up. The first three seconds, or the, the first six seconds and the last six seconds are the, are the same exact um, uh, frame for frame, the exact same stuff. And it looks like they were trying to do something where it's like, oh, well, if, if, if it goes into a loop, it, it can go into a loop or something. So, like, um, we'll, you know, people can people watch it through. And it, yes, I know, but it will just go <laughs> and, and it will seem, it'll be seamless. But the thing is, it won't be seamless because you get to the end, you watch the scene over again, and then if it goes into a loop again, you're just going to see the same scene twice in a row that time. <laughs> and it is... 
it was actually nauseating because I started watching the trailer. I was like, oh, this I don't like this first scene at all. This does, isn't giving me a good impression. And then they ended the trailer with the exact same thing that told me I don't now, like the look of this. just to be on the same page, are you talking about Tony, uh, Anthony Ramos like casually coming out of the car? Uh, yeah, the, and then the car turning into a robot that's walking next to him, and like, yeah. and they're and they're in like this, uh, like alleyway. Sweat. Yeah, it looks like a the, like the, yeah. Okay, so we all think the same scene. Yeah. It's Anthony Ramos. You know, gets out of a car. I have it, as I have it's it like pulled up. Drifting. I have it as a reference. I have it pulled up. Yeah, oh right, well, yeah, it's yeah next to like a fucking overhead bridge on the street uh, on the street yeah it's terrible it's awful it's so bad it's it shouldn't be there and i do like anthony ramos uh he was you know he's known from hamilton he's known from in the heights and i liked him in both of those so i like him as an actor but holy shit was this trailer bad yeah it's uh well let me I ask mean, this question who the fuck is asking for more transformers movies uh I honestly cannot answer that. I I have no answer to that question. Um, I don't know. Kids? I they're not making them for kids anymore. They're not they're not kid friendly. They're too violent. They're too sexual. Mm, they've always been sexual. They, I, they, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is they've so always say, been too sexual. 2007, Megan Fox before she went all cuckoo cocoa for cocoa puffs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she still is. It's just she's, she's crazy, but um, but the, she, well, she's crossed the the what is that from How I Met Your Mother? The the Lisa Mendoza the diagonal. <laughs> diagonal, she, yeah, yeah. She's if she's this hot, she's allowed to be this crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she's crossed over. Oh, I don't know. Megan Fox is still a ten out of ten, so she she can go up to like that. <laughs> I don't know if she's like st- like. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but yeah. but. The the point is like they they're they're too violent they're too sexual the the science that they try to put in when they do is always too complicated and it and it even confuses the stupidest viewer like <clears throat> I resent not, that the scenes the 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 science that they put in there will all will all of a sudden get super technical and it won't mean anything. But it will be so technical that people that the audience just goes, "Huh?" They're they not good movies. They're bad movies. They're terrible movies. Uh, we shouldn't be giving money to Michael Bay anymore. He has proven Is himself he? time and time again that he cannot be trusted. We keep. He he was given a camera. He fucked it up. We gave him a camera again, and he fucked it up over and over again. Why do we keep giving him a camera? We should lock him up in jail. He should be in prison for what he has done to cinema. Is he the one who's doing this one, though? I don't know, and I don't care, because he, no, has, he was involved in all the previous ones, and so he started this, and he should he should fucking suffer for it. Redeeming quality. No. Redeeming, redeeming. This one is being directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who is uh, most probably most people know him as the director for Creed 2. I heard Creed 2 was bad. I heard Creed 1 was amazing. I've heard solid things about both of them, and I mean, they're Mm. making a Creed 3, so. But that one's being directed by Michael B. Jordan, so I guess he didn't do something right, because they didn't bring him back. Exactly. Anywho, I still, like, again, who the fuck is asking for this movie? The VFX looked atrocious. Like, there's that opening shot of so Optimus bad. pushing in on him as he's, like, you know, standing off against a gorilla. And it's like, holy shit, I've seen toys that look more realistic than that garbage. The problem is with Transformers movies is that every single movie that comes out, their trailer showcases the advancements that they've made since the previous film in what, like, the Transformers look like and how the transitions, you know, happen and stuff like that. And this the transforming? Film, the transforming, yeah. And the, and the, and the, this trailer did exactly the same thing, and it was just not impressive, as all of the previous ones have not been impressive, you know? No, it's, it looks so bad. They're trying like, to show no you sense. that they've advanced, and it's like, if, if this is your version of advancing, then maybe you shouldn't be trusted. Maybe, maybe then, you need to be put in jail. My, <laughs> and then something that pointed out, that, I, that stuck out in my head, that I was laughing at, and we'll, we'll touch on this a few times, is the song choice. They've got this, like, mm, symphonic... Slow melodic version of Biggie Smalls, mm. and they've cut out the worst part of that song. 
well, not maybe not the worst part, but like the the uh, term that I will not utter on this podcast because the 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 lyric goes, "If you don't know, now you know." Mm? And he says another word in there. Again, I will not utter it on this podcast, but it starts with the letter N. And it's like just the most awkward, empty space in in the trailer for those who know the song. Did you catch that, or is that probably before you? Biggie Smalls is kind of before your time. Mu- I wasn't paying attention to the to the music. I was just like, <sighs> yeah. Well, it happened also in another trailer, and here's my segue. Uh, the other trailer that I watched with another just really out of place song was for The Last of Us, the latest trailer. Featured I it was take it was interesting. It was interesting. They did a they did a, a a weird version of it. I've seen lots of trailers do that, and I thought that they did I, it. I they did it well here. They did it well here. I actually. disagree. I thought it was a very out of place tune. Like, I, I, yeah, a lot of trailers will do that. They'll take popular songs and do a cover of it and make it seem different. I mean, it's it happens all the time. But take on me for the Last of Us felt really out of place and weird. I don't know what to tell you. I've uh, like the the. I was going to ask you because you played the game, right? The version that they used worked. That 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 was the thing. It was like, it was it's it, like it wasn't slow the and song. melancholic. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you, that I, fit let me put the it this tone way. of the game. It fit there the are tone. better. I think there would have been better songs. But that's fair. I was going to ask you: Does it's the song like have it. any significance in the game? Like maybe they like that's how Joel it's and Ellie bonded. Nine years since I played that game. Right, um, fair. I I played that game so long ago. Uh, I loved it. I loved it so very much. But I cannot okay. say in good confidence the everything that I that I remember. So I don't know if Take on Me is significant within the game. But I will say that the way that they, the, like the the version of the song that they used, fit yeah, the tone, fit the tone of the of the game, and so I, in that sense, I'll allow it. If it was just the song "Take on Me" by the you know original band, uh-huh. then it yeah, then it would be like okay, something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't work. Yeah, no, that would have been awkward. What they chose to do, what they chose to do, and it definitely felt like marketing, but the content behind the song was promising. And what I saw there was, okay, this very much looks like the game, and it looks like they brought the creators in, the people who worked on the original game, who wrote the original game, who who created the world, and yeah. they are being given the opportunity to expand that story. They're get, being given the opportunity to uh, uh, take it to the next level because <clears> – and this is a little insight from a friend of mine who, who is uh, a game developer. The way, the way ga- game development works is basically they'll start – they have an idea. They say this is the world we want to work within. Uh, what are the mechanics? And that, that's where they start usually. It's usually what are the mechanics of the game? How is it going to work? And then the story builds from there. The story in games, in game development, typically they work backwards from how film works, where you start with the script. <laughs> so it. Because in game development, it's a very collaborative thing. It's all about the, the product instead of the, you know, art. I don't. I, I don't. I. I shouldn't say that. That's not. That's not true. It's not about that. The. It's. It's about the game mechanics. That's the important part to them. And now, oftentimes, like, like if a writer is in charge of the game or like goes in with the plan of what they want to do, that's different. But if it's a studio working on it, typically they start with a like you know, a committee. It. You know, games are committees, and so yeah. I get the sense that. They, the writers who worked on The Last of Us, the game, had to make concessions based off of, you know, game mechanics, and they're now going to be allowed to t- tell the full story that's not just about, like, okay, how is the player involved, you know? So that'll be exciting. Uh, we'll see if they pull it off. Maybe the reason Last of Us was so engaging was because of the player involvement and being a no. But I, I, I but disagree I with that because so. I, I've always like it's been always a game on my list. I've only played through the first couple hours, and I just I have a hard time with that survival horror 
hmm. mechanic because yeah. it's just not how I like to play games. But I, I need to persevere through it because everybody I've talked to, it's this game is all about the story. Yeah. This is very much a narrative-driven game. Yep. You know, the combat is decent, like it's okay, the survival elements are alright, like it's it's good, not great, but it's the story that makes this game so rememberable to the, you know that we're still talking about it 13 years later after its release because I think it came out in 09. I thought it came out in 13, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'm thinking 13 and that's where the math came in instead, but yeah. regardless, we're still talking about this game today. When it's very much, you know, it's at least two generation consoles ago because it was on the PS3 originally. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. 2013. Yeah. That's okay, so I'm it was like That's right fine. at the end of the. It was like one of the last great PS3 games. Yeah. If, if not, so. if not the, la- the the last great one. And granted, what I've played is you know just the first couple hours, but gotta say. Pedro Pascal, holy shit, does he look like he's really good in this he's role. He's really nailing it so far. And I'm really excited about, um, I'm forgetting her name, but the uh, wonderful uh, young actress from Game of Thrones season six uh, playing uh, Ellie. Like, mm. that's going to be amazing. I think that she is perfect casting. Uh, she is definitely going places, uh, especially if she's doing that uh, other show on Amazon. Uh, or wherever that other show is, I'm not sure mm. where. But um, couldn't tell you. But yeah, but no. I just Pedro, man. He's just getting all the work, and you know what? I'm here for it. Like I'm here for it. Everything he's doing is just fantastic. Yeah, like give this absolutely. guy everything. Absolutely. You know, they're talking about making you know making a God of War TV show, and they're like, who should play Kratos? Pedro Pascal. <laughs> no, uh, not really. But no, yeah, but I don't you, think so. <laughs> I'm kidding. Honestly, you know who I could see playing Kratos. Uh, we've talked a little bit. I uh, I don't think we've mentioned him uh, for this role before, but um, uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba would be a good, uh, maybe. Yeah, he would be bad. There's been talks or, of like, or just get the or, actual guy who plays him in the game. Well, he's in the like people have been like. There's been I've seen a lot of voting on like social media, and it's like four people. We're talking like Dave Bautista, John Cena, some other big motherfucker, and Christopher Judge, who is the. Current, Actual, yeah, yeah, the guy who plays Kratos in the, t- the last two games he's does a the motion capture. Beast. He's such a he cool is, dude. dude. He's he's the a behemoth thing, of a man. Can I just say, uh, uh, going off topic from what we're talking about for a moment, the when I knew that God of War Ragnarok was going to be a good game was about a year before it released, and that was he was he in an interview said that he got injured while they were working on uh, on Ragnarok, and basically. He was he was mostly fine, and he didn't need he didn't fully need a lot of time to to heal. But they were so like, "Hey, you take as much time as you need. We will postpone. We will push this back. What we care about is your safety and your well being. So you are. We want you at a hundred and fifty percent before you come back." So he ended up like turning like seven months into thirteen months of 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 like resting and when he came back they were like hell yeah we're we're ready and like we're so glad that the, that you're like you took as much time as you needed like i knew that when i heard that i was like this is a studio that cares and they're not trying to like force anybody to do shit like well, a lot Sony. of studios out there yeah <laughs> well but 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 specifically santa monica like there are other sony studios that have gotten you know in trouble for crunching but santa monica doesn't care about that they will they will put the they art know first. that game's gonna be good regardless yeah like i yeah. knew that game was gonna be good after the first one like while playing the first oh, one like, well, well the sequel's yeah, gonna be course. amazing <laughs> well, of course but at least yeah that's good that they have strong moral and ethics uh, yeah. there at santa monica so that's always nice so getting back to what we were talking getting about, back let's go let's dive back into the trailers and let's bounce back to another trailer for a franchise that i'm sorry it is beloved i love it to death but nobody's asking for this Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which I'm sorry, sorry, sounds like the the worst. The the catheter of the catheter of the Doom. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what Harrison's got looking forward to look forward to. Dial of Destiny sounds like a fucking like Ratchet and Clank subtitle. Yeah, or like some or a fucking 
a World of Warcraft expansion. It should be I don't the know. dentures of Dens- Destiny. Right? Like, dial... Oh, just, just no. All it's, the no. And I love the first three Indiana Jones movies. I love those growing up. But they had the their time and, movie. and place. Temple of Doom's fucking amazing. Get bent. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. It, it oh, is... Oh, oh, oh. We're, a, we're about to beef. Yeah, we it's not a great... Beefing. It's a very bad movie. Uh, You're a bad uh, It has movie. some very offensive bullshit in there. And... Uh, you see what you're making me do? Unnecessary filmmaking choices. One and three, however, are fucking solid gold. I love The Last Crusade. I loved uh, 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 Raiders, Raiders of the Lost, of the Lost Ark. Ark. Lo- Lost Ark. And when I was a dumb idiot kid, I liked the, fourth, the fourth one. When I was a dumb idiot kid... Uh, I like I'm still, the fourth I'm still, one. I'm still. And then when I was like hold 13, on. I we're watched, not going to move past this past tense thing. Like it was, yes, you, you, you still are. Deal with it. When uh, I was about I 13, when I was, when I was about 13, I watched the fourth one again. And I was like, oh, oh, this is bad. <laughs> I saw it. I was at, I was in college, and they had a. Um, a classroom with a theater-sized screen, a projector screen in there, and so every Fridays, every Friday night, they would play a movie that was like out of theaters, but not on DVD, Blu-ray yet. Yeah. And uh, it was two dollars with your student ID, so you know you could go down and catch this, to catch a catch a sure. flick. And I remember I, that's the first and only time I've seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And as far as I'm concerned, that is one too one many one too many times to see that movie. Yeah, I, I've seen it considerably more times than that, and I'm not proud to admit that. But um, what I will say about the diet, sorry, the the dentures of doom. Um, or sorry, the dentures of destiny. It's hard to keep track of them at this point. The, That's the, all bad. The uh, the the dentures of destiny uh, at least looks better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but that is not a high bar to clear. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if all you have to do is edit. I mean, honestly, you take a, a trailer of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and you take out Shia LaBeouf, and it probably would be significantly better. But this looks a little bit more than that. But it's almost too cinematic for my taste. If that makes any sense. Yes. It looks like they're trying too hard. It looks like a common blockbuster movie of nowadays. It does, and that's the problem. It doesn't look scrappy. It doesn't look low budget. Or I mean, and I'm not saying it looks the like it's crowd pleasing. It is, and I mean, I don't know. At it, least they it, brought it, back the only, Reese Davies. I was gonna say that was the, that was just about what the I was about to bring up. You read my about. mind. I was like, the only redeeming qualities we got Sala back. Yeah. From you know John Reese Davies playing Sala from Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's fucking cool. The brief, I mean, the de aging tech looks halfway decent. I mean, Whatever. Disney's definitely got all the money to throw at it. Whatever. So I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I will watch Phoebe Waller Bridge from Fleabag yeah. is pretty entertaining as a is an sure. actor. So we'll see yeah. how what she role brings to the role. Yeah. But it's just it's another one of those movies that I'm like I'm sorry, who's asking for this? Yeah. Like who wants Indiana Jones in the geriatric of doom? It. My my brother and I were were texting yesterday about you know like how every just literally everything is is uh, a repeat of what we've had before. He he hates Rings of Power. I'm okay with it. I give it like a six and a half to seven out of ten. He he thinks it's the worst thing ever. I see where he's coming from. I absolutely see where he's coming from. I understand why it, What's it his, is terrible. Give me give me like a two sentence summary of what his argument is. Uh, they have absolutely gone against some of the principles of Galadriel and the uh, original uh, characters in Tolkien's lore, and. Okay misrepresented uh uh the world uh in ways that Tolkien uh established was not what he intended. Okay. So for example, Galadriel is a warrior. Tolkien was very very fierce in establishing that she was like a great mind, not a great sword. You know, that was like his, that was kind of one of his sayings. She's a great mind, not a great arm or something like that. Um, uh, and they immediately go against that in the first episode. And it's just like, ah, um, but I, I enjoyed it just for the pure glamor and the cinematography and, and editing at times was just like off the chain. But I absolutely agree with my brother on the shit that he's saying. I just am, I'm more willing to, to, 
you know, forgive, forgive and forget and shit. Um, <clears throat> to me, it was. It's like you know. Every time we get a new iteration of Batman. Yeah. Obviously, the Batmans we got, we like Batman back when you know Bill Kane and Bob Finger, Bob Kane and Bill Finger uh, created the character back right. in the '30s. They had a certain aesthetic. They had a certain character in mind. I mean, shit, he used a gun in the first couple issues in yeah. Detective Comics '38 yeah. and so on. And then you know, over the years, you had different writers and different thoughts. And it wasn't until um, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. With I think well, who wrote that Alan, Alan Moore. Moore? Like, did we really get like the dark and gritty Dark Knight? You know, after you know having the '60s Adam West iteration. And that's stuff. also that's Alan Moore. Man's insane. It is. No, I'm not. Man's you know, for fucking sure. insane. But like, <laughs> like, think about the psyche of a guy who dresses up as a fucking bat and runs around at night yes. punching criminals in oh, the face. Absolutely. Like, come on. Yeah. No, I He's agree not with off you. the mark. So like every you know, just like every Batman movie we got and a Superman movie, you know, you get. A little bit of a twist. You get a little bit of a different inflection and a different idea on what this world could look like. And yes, Galadriel is a great mind, and we've seen that in that show. But they give her a little bit of a different twist that she's also a great warrior. Yeah, and, that's and kind of what I was taking away as well. So that's the, that was new. the that's the way I get I allowed it to be forgiven. But but the, at the same time, it's like, why do we have to have like every single time we have girl boss, it has to be she's a warrior. Why can't we have the girl boss who's just super fucking smart? Like that's that's the argument that's being made there. It's like, why do they why? Why does every single time we try and represent strong women on screen, they have to be a, a, a warrior? Because it's way. it's. If I had to swing in the dark, it's. I mean, you and I can't speak to this. We'd have to bring on like oh, Michelle uh, woman, or Hannah yeah. or Lindsay or woman. But like, it's showing that a woman can do anything a man can do. I mean, case sure. in point, look at fucking Eowyn, who was Tolkien's. You know, like the way Jack, Peter Jackson portrayed Eowyn in the original trilogy and, yeah. is exactly how she's represented in the books, where is. it's. She is a boss, and, that, and she, that's the thing. She, is, has to she hide in armor. was that character. She was the the strong, uh, like like warrior character. But not every single. That's the argument that's being made True. here. It's like not every guy in literature is a like a, a powerful warrior, um, it, while being great at the same time. So why do all of a sudden if we represent a great woman in 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 something, it has to be as a, like a a, a a warrior or a knight or somebody who like kill who has to like be epic and kill things. That's the that's that's what that's fair. Is, that's that's fair. what we're getting at there. But let's let's get back to the trailers at hand here. And I think that we should talk about we were talking about a game franchise that was being made into a, a series. I think we should go back. We should you know we jumped away from that. We should jump back to it. Witcher, circle back. Yeah, circle back. Witcher Blood Origin. I I have some thoughts. We've. For fuck's sake, Graham, we've talked about this. I have some opinions. <laughs> so, I Stay didn't, in your goddamn lane! I didn't know this until I was just watching the trailer for the second time a little bit ago. I'm sorry for everybody's eardrums. But I... Apparently, Dylan Moran, who is my favorite comedian of all time, is in this film. He's playing a character called Uruk uh, One Nut or something like that. Uh, which, fantastic, great name. But that's not that's not. If the he point. has one testicle, that show will be amazing. Yes, and, and because because we know I I know for a fact that if he has one testicle, then Dylan Moran will talk about it at great length. But that's not the point. That's not the point, and that's not what I have come here to talk about. I just needed to get that out of the way. What I have come to here to talk about is the fact that this film is going to is literally just seven samurai in the Witcher universe. It's literally all it is. Is that a problem? I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying they could have done... They could have made it a little bit more original. Like, instead of it being literally seven, it could have been like, oh, how about nine? You know? Let's not literally have it be the same number. (laughs) 
I'm I don't know. That's just one man's opinion, but it's it's a little on the nose, and I feel like I'm the only one who's noticed this. That it's it's almost exactly the same plot. Seven warriors against an empire. Um, excuse me. I mean, Akira Kurosawa has an <laughs> influence on like all across cinema for the last fifty years, like. But to take the number, <laughs> it's just a fucking number. You're gonna say the thing, the same thing about Final Fantasy VII. Like, like the 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 differences between Hidden Fortress and Star Wars are astronomical. Fucking <laughs> in the space part, for instance. So in your mind, no, in your know. mind, no future group party movie can have seven characters. No, I'm I'm just saying, like w- with that specific type plot. With the, the the with the setup that is they, them against an uh, like the the entire empire, that's a little on the nose. I'm saying that if it was like oh, the, it's seven people against you know a whole like the like against the horde. So of if we just kill someone like that. right off the bat, you'll be happy. Uh, but I think that's exactly what happens in Seven Samurai, so that one of the people dies very early on. Yes, that's <laughs> so it would just literally go, you know. I don't uh, know. I, that's just, that's what I noticed is that... It, there's no pleasing you, Graham. There is no... No, I, 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 I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I'm just, I'm just finding this funny, and I, and I am curious to see where they go with it, because, I mean... Can't they be a little bit more original? <laughs> well, you know, I so I just watched the trailer like minutes before we started recording. Me too. Yeah. And I mean, I've I've read the books. I haven't played the games entirely, but it's like this entire thing is original because I, I mean, there's like they they talk about like the you know like how the Witchers started and stuff, but it's like it's in passing. It's a line here and there. There is no definitive lore. There wasn't in the books. Mm. Like there's nothing crazy. They they don't tell like there once was seven warriors who fought against the Empire. Like no, there's no tale Mm -hmm. in the books that discuss the beginning of the Witcher. So like this is an entirely original story, and I'm almost I'm almost optimistic because that means they're not confined. To the rules of the book, which I mean, granted, the series with Henry Cavill has never really stuck to the book yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's what I was. Uh. <laughs> but at the same time, like they have a fair amount of liberty. But I'm curious to know if uh, um, Andrei and Sapkowski is uh, involved. Like, is he the showrunner? Seems to Im- be heavily implying that he is but that also I'm taking that with a big grain of salt I do not think that he would love where any of this is going you want some tequila with your salt yes please I he hated the games he hated what CD Projekt Red did with the games how could he ever be happy with what they're doing with this show (laughs) how could he ever be happy The first season of the show is pretty one-to-one with the book. It's yeah. A, it's, it's pretty the, close to the books. It's the one book in the series that I've read in its entirety is the first one. And The Last Wish? The Last Wish. And that it was and that season did not uh match up with it. I, I, it matched up I mean, with it's like not 50, one for one. It was like 50-50. It was like I, half, no. of it, half of it was there, like 80, half of it was, cha- was different. I think, I think they hit all the main beats. 60-40. And then they fleshed out 75-25. They 55, fleshed out 65. to... Wait, that's uh, it. Ask you to check your mouth <laughs> on that, homie. 65-35. <laughs> <laughs> all right, 60-40. 60, 60, 60, 65-35? Yeah, 65-35. Uh, <laughs> They flushed out, I think, a lot more. And Graham's gone. <laughs> oh, do not cut that out. That was fucking amazing. Graham just lost his shit. Uh, they just were able to flesh out a lot, a little bit more in terms of the tertiary characters, at least from the books, like Yennefer. Like, Yennefer in the first, you know, she has like one or two stories in the in the first book. But they yeah. hint at a backstory. So they just kind of fleshed out that backstory a lot more, which I thought was brilliant. It's like, I remember watching it with my brother who had only read the first book, and he goes, Oh, yeah. Oh, like that's I, really cool that they talked about her more. 
I 100% like I I enjoyed it for the pure glamour and glitz as I do with that schlock but it wasn't like it was it it wasn't it didn't convey the same uh 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 weight that the books did I don't know the books felt mm. more special in the way they were delivered and the and the show just kind of felt like it's like we're just delivering this story we're just doing When's that When's the last time you read the books a year ago, the last wish or probably a year ago. It was yeah. after it was after I had um, uh, uh, watched the season, the first season again. Um, I was so say, I, I had them. I had good them, job. I just don't agree with that. I'm sorry. Uh, I felt like there was so much that was changed. Like they got the core stuff right, but then all the all the tertiary, all the stuff that like how what the characters were doing to get involved and stuff felt like it was completely changed to me. Um, and then mm. season two, good Lord. Um, I mean, season two wasn't bad, but it was just like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about that. We keep getting sidetracked. Uh, blood and origin. Blood, blood origins. Origin looks I, I'm, interesting. I, I, I'm willing like, to give it a try. Yeah, exactly. I'm willing to, to see what they, what they do with it and see what, Especially because, I mean, we got season three of which are coming out soon. And then season four, we got Liam Hemsworth coming in to take over for Henry Cavill. That's going to be in like four years, so. mm, True. But it's like, I just, I'm curious to see what they're doing with this franchise and how they're kind of expanding upon it. And also, if I may point out one last thing before we move on, I am cautiously optimistic on Blood Origin in its lore because they talk about the monoliths. And time travel, sure. and that is important to the books, right? That's something. Yeah, because of Siri. Yeah, Siri aware, does that I'm later on. Siri's whole uh, yeah shit. So yeah. the fact that they they're tying it to the to the Witcher series by bringing in uh, Yaskier or Dandelion, right, uh, is intriguing. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's intriguing. I was like, ooh. Yeah, that like the second the second they mentioned the monoliths in the trailer, I was like, oh, like that's how Siri time travels and like jumps to different al- you know alternate like realities right. and time time periods. Gets engaged to Sir Galahad and all that. Yeah, um, it's all sorts of fucked up. Yeah, it's a whole weird chapter. It's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I know, I'm aware of uh, it. Um, but so I'm I'm, in, I'm I'm intrigued that they're they're doing this out on their own, but they're. Tie, uh, at least it seems like they're going to try to tie it to the current day, you know, the 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 the, the, the contemporary series, so to speak. Yeah. So we'll see what we'll, happens there. We'll see what happens. I'm, I I am excited for Dylan Moran because I haven't seen him act in anything for uh, since like, uh, uh, yeah, I think like the I think it was the Calvary in uh, or Calvary in 2013 with um, Brendan Gleeson. And oh he just God. he just played an, uh, a a fucking drunk. mad eye moody. He's, yeah, he just played a drunk millionaire. Um, uh, oh, and Brendan Gleeson played a, a priest who's trying to figure out who's who's trying to who's threatening to kill him. That sounds like something Dylan Moran would nail hard. Oh, he nails it! The first time we see him, he's pissing on a painting in his own home. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's it's so. fantastic. So what I I'm 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 just excited for that now. Um, well, get excited for the last trailer, which was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, I am excited for this. You know how I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you like Guardians or you just like Chris Pratt? I mean, I I actually don't like Chris Pratt as much as I used to. So I'm more excited about... You've played him in a movie, mind you. I know, I know. But, like, I, I'm going to agree with a lot of people right now. Uh, Chris Pratt, when he was, you know, uh, not the big massive movie star with the big muscles he is now he was a lot more enjoyable you know when he was Andy Dwyer on, on Parks and Recreation he was goofy and lovable and ate lots of pizza and and and, and had dogs kissing mm. him on the face like that was pizza. that was that was a delightful character and that was a delightful person that he was and 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 everybody who t- who all the writers of that show talk about how that character was so based off of him. They were like, "That's j- we just wrote him as a character, and that's who he was." And I feel like Chris Pratt has done so much to just distance himself and try and make himself into the, like this cool, you know, movie star kind of aesthetic. You know, like I have a farm and and uh, I ra- raise my own animals, and I'm married to a Schwarzenegger, and you know, uh, like 
Like, he has tried to curate this aesthetic for himself, and I'm like, dude, that you're just not as fun anymore. You're not as enjoyable, and I hate your movies. Um, but Guardians Don't of the Galaxy... Don't hold back, Graham. Tell us how you really feel. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I'm really excited for because James Gunn, first of all, I love James mm-hmm. Gunn's directing. I think that he's amazing. But also because I've heard that this is going to be all about Rocket. This film is Rocket's story, apparently. And I have really wanted to hear, uh, to see, like, Rocket's story all this time. And I think that it's going to be a very, very satisfying... Knowing James Gunn, it's going to be a very satisfying conclusion to their saga, to their trilogy. Well, let me Um, ask you this, then. Do you think this will... Like, is this the end of the Guardians, or...? yes. These okay. guardians. This is the end of these guardians. I think that we're they're going to kill off Rat, Rocket and um, Drax. Bold statement. I can understand the dra- the Rocket part, but what about Drax? Why, why, why do you why do you think? There's that? a lot of evidence in the trailer that suggests that he's going to die. Um, there's, se- there's several uh, shots of him just not looking like he's. At a hundred, you know, he looks like he's kind of on his way out, so to speak. You know, he's being dragged around, be, uh, being held up and, and dragged around uh, after a fight. Um, he just kind of looks miserable uh, uh, after another fight. You know, like they they're showing him a lot more defeated than in the past movies, and I think that that either is a sign of him kind of like putting away his knives or he's gonna die in his final Mm -hmm. fight and i think that i think that if he and rocket were to go out it would basically put a i think i think that the whole team would just kind of say like all right let's go our separate ways i think that's what's gonna happen i think that's what's gonna happen here i think adam warlock is gonna tear apart the uh the Guardians. The Guardians. I think he's going to kill uh, Drax, and then Rocket is going to sacrifice himself for... Or or the other way around. Well, all right. Uh, that's some heavy stuff. I'm going to disagree with you on a lot of fronts. All right, and go I, ahead. And it's all respectful. It's all... Well, fuck you. I'm I mean, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just conjecturing here. Let me crack another beer and tell, me why, tell you why you're wrong. Okay, go ahead. So first of all, Warlock is uh, a hero in the books, so he's... I doubt he's going to kill any of the Guardians. He's going to kick the shit point. out of them. That's a good point. Uh, and now if they bring in uh, Magus, I think that's the character's name, there is there is an alternative, a dark alternative version to Warlock uh, from the future who is a villain. And if they somehow bring him in, then yeah, that could happen. But Warlock himself... Is not gonna. I don't think he's gonna kill a guardian. Yeah. I think he's gonna beat the shit out of him. I feel like they're they're gonna do a reverse Wanda, where at first we thought Wanda was good, and then she kind of went bad. I think they're gonna have him start out being bad, and then eventually be unstable. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's what I think. I mean, that's kind of how those antiheroes go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, if they stick to his true comic book origin, because also something about Warlock that I found very interesting is he speaks in alliteration. So right. everything he says starts with the same letter. Like when he says something, he'd be like, you know, it'll start with like the letter he's, A or B. He's V from V for Vendetta. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He speaks like that. And yeah. it's interesting if he can hold it up. Uh, there is another villain in the movie I don't quite recognize. So we'll see what happens with that, though. I know there's another villain. I definitely can agree with you. I think Rocket is going to die. And my theory, my my theory based on the what we've seen in the trailers is because uh, it opens up with the Guardians as part of like the Nova Corps. It looks like it, it looks like they're true space cops at that point, or like elite Nova Corps. They're like they, yeah, they're like, like their own they're task very force. sold out, and I think that is going to play heavily. And I think that you know. Because Quill in the books is is like a is a hardcore space cop basically, 
And I think he's going to go that route, and that's when it is when it's going to disband. The Guardians is like the conflict of interest, and then he's, something like I that. I think he's going to after at the end of the third movie, that's going to be his thing. Is like I'm I'm a space cop now. Like that's my that's and we're my place get a trailer or a teaser for Nova, the character Nova. Right. Um, we've seen we've seen Zoe Saldana back as Gamora. What do we think is going to happen with that character? I think that the third movie is going to be about. Um, Peter Quill trying to um, like reconnect with her Re- well, obviously connect, re- yeah, well, I, yeah obviously um, <laughs> and I think but I think that this I think that this film they're probably just because it's the final one they're gonna have it you know in some way or another be satisfying for the viewers even if it doesn't have them ending up together it's it's James Gunn. It's going to be a satisfying conclusion. He's I know, pretty good I at know. subverting expectations while still giving you an ending that you're happy with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so that'll be nice. I'm excited to see what the effects of the holiday special have on the third movie, namely the fact that uh, uh, we found out that uh, Peter's Mantis. Sis- yeah, Mantis is Peter's sister. Um uh, I well, I'm just wondering if that's going to change their dynamic, just even just a little bit. Maybe like make them more affectionate towards each other, and maybe like they they start to help each other out more in fights, and are like, "Hey, sister, like I got you, sister," and it's like, "I got you, brother." Like I can see Mantis being that kind of person because she's already like super enthusiastic about friendship. She, I can see her being very enthusiastic about uh, like fighting next to her brother. So uh, yeah, I could see it being subtle. I don't think it's gonna have a long-lasting effect, but I could see like a line or two, like yeah, you know, I love hanging with my brother. Yeah, and, like I, if I we, if I got that line, that would be fantastic. That's that would yeah. be very satisfying. It's like I love this because <laughs> that yeah. very much fits with her character. Um, but I'm I I don't know. I'm just excited for this for this film. Uh, it's weird. This is I think like the longest end to a trilogy at this point or something like God or, like, or Thor was seven years uh, to the to Ragnarok and uh, God, uh, Iron Man was you know five years to Iron Man three yeah. or six years or roughly like in there and then uh, uh, Captain America Captain America was like four or five years like very that was very quick very quick very yeah, quick turnaround this is what like nine years this is nine years nearly ten and and, and it's it kind of plays well with the whole story because Peter even starts out by saying like we've been hey, doing this been a while long time. you know and yeah. I think this this movie will feature the biggest time jump between the second and third film yes because it's like eight years if you count the blip yeah, well also the first the first film uh will uh the, the the first to the second film is basically like a week. Six months, yeah. Or not no, even. it's like six months apart. Yeah. They're pretty much they're pretty consecutive. Yeah. Then then you have all the, the Avengers Endgame or uh Infinity War and Endgame bullshit. But the and then into this film. So yeah, it's like an eight year gap. Because yeah. between second the second movie and, and Infinity War, it's like a five year gap, I think. Or I feel like year. we're gonna get a we're, uh, we're definitely gonna have some sort of closure on um, what is what is her name? I'm forgetting the uh, Gamora's sister, um, Nebula. Nebula. We're gonna have closure on the fact that Nebula was the only Guardian who didn't get blipped. Uh, and Rocket was there too. Sorry, yeah, but okay, right. Um, I but I think that we're gonna have some closure on Nebula kind of being alone because she and Rocket were like apart, and and she and she was stuck with Tony for like that entire period of time, and we never a really adri- like a, yeah a month or two months or whatever. And like I'd love to see them kind of like. If it's the last movie, I'd like to see some closure on some of those things from previous movies, you know. I feel like we got a fair amount of closure in Endgame, but I would be interested to see, because now it's... So usually it's Gamora who's had the family and, you know, been with the Guardians, and Nebula has obviously, you know, been very jealous of that. Now it's the other way around. And now it's the other way around. So now Nebula has to convince Gamora to come join the family versus vice versa. Yeah. I think that's going to be the dynamic and that's going to be the tonal shift between those two characters. Right. Um, 
which, you know, shout out to Karen Gillian and Zoe Saldana for playing just like the most dysfunctional, wonderful sisters. <laughs> yeah, very, very fun. Very nice. Yeah. Like, I. Wow. I, Not I, about nice, but. I, the, the, well, I mean, just their performance. Um, yeah, they do a good job. It's it's funny. I had, I had forgotten, you know, like I think it was like 2019 or you know 2020 or it was back when Endgame was coming out, and I was seeing those, and I and it, I realized I had not I had not been keeping up with them, so I was watch or I was watching them when they were coming out, and then not like going back and rewatching, and so it had been basically since Guardians came out, the first Guardians that I had actually seen it. And I went back and watched it. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is so weird!" Like I forgot their dynamics uh, uh, before going into Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. So I've been watching those and being like, mm. "Yeah, this is them." And then going back and seeing the original movies and going like, "Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, they hate each other." Yeah, <laughs> like Karen, Gill- you know, Karen Gillian, Gillian, whatever you pronounce her name. Gillian. She she brought some sass to that role because I mean. She was coming off Doctor Who uh, uh, as a Doctor Who companion when she got the role for Guardians. Yep. Where she was a very sweet and feisty, you know, feisty companion. And now she's just this hate-filled blue chick. Like, you know, it's funny. There are most of, the, her. most of the Doctor Who companions have gone on to have very successful uh, careers. Look at John Barrowman. Uh, look at uh, uh, Catherine Tate, who, who was on se- seasons... Uh, Seven, eight, and nine of the office um mm. as Nelly, like yeah, there are a lot of people um who were companions on Doctor Who and ended up becoming like massive stars outside of that uh and what's so- his name but the guy who played Rory uh was one of the first uh, season members of Legends of Tomorrow. He was in that season. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The guy who like starts the le- the Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, Rip, and then he, he plays Rip yeah, Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip, that guy. I know him. Yeah, that was Rory. And then he fucked off very quickly. And I actually yeah. kind of lost. I lost interest in the show after he left because I was like, oh, he was what grounded me. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, he was the worst part of that season. But but the anyway. but no, but they lost the the person who started the show. And so when you lose the protagonist, it's like, oh, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It felt like he was. So. It felt like he was the protagonist, and everybody else was like the thing. Like he he had gathered them, and he was going to be the leader. And so, just not him disappearing felt kind of weird. He does come back in a capacity. I know, but I but had lost. I had lost interest at that point. But yeah, that show went off the rails quick. We're yep. not going to talk about that tonight. So it's for another night. That's for another night. God damn it. Trailers wise, though, I think we've we've given enough of our thoughts and opinions. Yeah. Agreed. We've annoyed the kids for an hour. That's way more of their time than they can probably spare. Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure that the people listening at home are just clamoring for more content. Like, I'm I'm sure that they're just going wild for more content from us. So for sure. uh, Why don't you? Tell us a little bit about the uh, some of the other content that you create and put out there. I put it all out there. I, I don't want to know about that, so just don't. Please don't. But in the meantime, um, I'm on social medias. Are you? Hey, yeah, you can find me occasionally. Uh, yeah, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, OnlyFans, YouPorn, RedTube. Whatever floats your boat. Um, at Roxy Boy, R O K E S Y B O Y. You know, uh, I'm usually around. I'm pretty quick to respond to things. Usually pretty drunk at most moments of my life, too. So you'll probably get a drunk response regardless. Um, yeah. Yeah, life is good. I'm trying to, I, I am pulling, you know, some of the stuff from my work uh, to put on a uh, portfolio. I'm going to try to get, you know, talk to my boss and see if I can upload some more of my, uh, my work to my website, which is a long ass URL that I'm not going to mention here. So it's in the, if you it's want, in the description. It won't be in this description, but it's in the, <laughs> uh, it's in the social media sites though. If you go to any of the, if you go to Instagram or Facebook, you'll find the link. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And, uh, 
If anybody is clamoring for written content, uh, you can find me at mad-musings.com. You can also find me at outrageous underscore creation on Instagram and Facebook, uh, all all those places. Um, uh, I'm Graham, I want to see your thinking, MySpace. I'm thinking of getting. Uh, I don't have a MySpace. I'm thinking of. Uh, I started getting my my TikTok started. I don't care for TikTok, oh but I but it's necessary evil. So uh, you no. can find me there at Mad no. underscore Musings, uh, and yeah, just. You can find my short stories, my shorter stories, and my writ- all my written art at mad-musings.com. If you start a TikTok, to quote Barney Stinson, friendship over. And on that note, this is the last episode of uh, Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. (laughs) Christ. If only we were that lucky. No, because next week... Let's see. Next week is going to be <laughs> do the math. Corey, Corey can't do math. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll uh, we'll talk about James Cameron and Avatar because the uh, way of water is coming on next week. Or uh, maybe we'll have finished God of War. And we could finally talk about some of the crazy cool spoilers. I think that we should save God of War. I'm going to be visiting my brother in Polsbo, Washington. Uh, around Christmas time, I think that we should do a special episode and bring him on as a guest because he is an expert in Norse mythology. He has done extensive readings in in all things Norse mythology, Mm -hmm. and I think that he would be a valuable uh, person to have on to talk about, you know, the various things that they did with the game and uh, how they compared to the to the original uh, lore and and because they've been very they've done a very good job of being faithful and paying homage with the changes that they make. So, yeah, uh, uh, I think that we should maybe consider doing that. I don't know. We'll talk about that. I am open to the idea. I'm just gonna need some support. Yeah, financially, so I can buy enough alcohol to deal with two Stemnevskys in a <laughs> video call. Because <laughs> that's going to require a lot of alcohol. Fair. <laughs> that's going to require, like, a couple of six-packs and a fifth. That's fair. You know what? So, and we'll, uh, we'll get there. Yeah. All right. Well, in the meantime, see you later, folks. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining this week's... Uh, episode of Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. I've been your Drunk Thoughts, Corey. And I have been your High Opinions, Graham. It's been high. I'm out of here. here. Get the fuck out of here. Here. (laughs) Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone.